All it takes is a click to listen to RTI online. Get exercise for your finger and exercise for your mind at english.rti.org.tw. This is Radio Taiwan International. I'm Leslie Liao, and later up this hour, I have Ear to the Ground and Jukebox Republic. But you know what? We're going to kick off with a bit of Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. Today is Monday, October 7th. I'm your host, Leslie Liao, and joining me today is the knowledgeable, the articulate John Van Trieste. Greetings. And Shirley Lynn. Hello. Today we're going to be looking at the Taiwanese passport. It's supposed to be the 31st most powerful passport in the world. Why? We'll tell you soon. Next, Taiwan. If you've been here, you know we have a lot of claw machines. We have a heartwarming story for you about that one. And... Giant snake! Do I have your attention? Good. We'll be telling you about a run-in the local fire department had with a big ol' snake here in Taiwan. Don't go away. Alright guys, before we actually dive into the meat of the show, I want to do a bit of a plug over here. Uh, we have, this week later on, we have the 108th National Day of the Republic of China, and the celebrations are coming to us on the 10th, and yours truly will be doing a bit of live coverage for you at, U, uh, at RTI, and we, I will be doing that in conjunction with the very, very wonderful, very talented, very beautiful Natalie So. We will be covering for you the official ceremony and President Tsai's speech, and we'll also have a bit of coverage for you with the uh, performances made by the armed forces and some student and civic groups. You can catch that at 02002030 UTC on 15,665 kilohertz to Southeast Asia. Or, or if you're advanced, you can also watch us on RTI's website at en.rti.org.tw. Also, RTI would like us to remind you that we welcome feedback and suggestions. Leave us a comment on our Facebook page or write to RTI at rti at rti.org.tw. Once again, that's 0200-2030 UTC on 15,665 kilohertz to Southeast Asia. Bit of initial plug. Actually, you know what? I'm curious myself. John, you have a story about a claw machine. What's going on here? Ugh, I think long-term listeners of this program will know a bit about my loathing for these things. <laughs> they're okay in and of themselves, but they've sort of invaded everywhere. Oh, they're mm. everywhere. Yeah. And, and um, I think uh, it's a function of high rents in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. They can't keep shops and you know renters in place for too long because it's just too expensive. They go under. And so the quick and easy solution is bring in a bunch of claw machines. Yeah, they bring in the revenue, and uh, and it's it's not only a a sign of a social problem; it is also itself a social problem in that it also has led to a couple of high-profile cases of addiction. Oh dear. Is, we've got one story today about one such former addict, and but uh, as you alluded to at the beginning of the program, it does have a happy ending, uh, a very happy ending, I might add. Right. This is a. 
This is the story of Wu Wei En, who is a 20-year-old, or maybe 22, because it says two years ago and he was 20. But anyway, he's in his tw early 20s, and uh, he happened upon one of these machines on the first floor uh, as he was helping an older sister move into a building in the southern city of Tainan. Mm -hmm. He decided to try it out, and it quickly developed into an obsession. Uh, he did eventually win that first time. He won a robot vacuum cleaner. That retails for about $300 NT dollars, but only after having fed around $3,000 NT dollars oh. into the machine. Oh, ouch. That's bad return. <laughs> it was as though he became, he'd become possessed after that. It became an, a, a very serious problem. Uh, he got so into it that he would look up experts' advice on the internet and play at different stores, eventually spending all of his salary and the savings that he'd oh, built up as a no. solar, solar panel repairman <sighs> away. Uh and he found himself in debt. He kept sort of uh, getting money from fam for some friends and family to keep him going. But despite his parents urging, he did not listen. And it, in fact, it got worse. He started going across Taiwan to play at different claw machines, at one point spending between 7,000 and 8,000 NT dollars a day. Uh, <sighs> it's a couple hundred US dollars. And I think for most people here, it takes a bit longer than a day to spend that much. That's a lot of mm. money, especially there. You could rent a place for about that. 10 NT every time you want to use the claw machine. 10 right? per yeah, try. Just yeah, just only 10. So that, at 7,000 to 8,000 a day, that's a lot of tries. Um, he became an expert. He won enough items eventually figuring out how to game the system, I guess, or just became very coordinated. And he was able to pay off his debts. Uh, he is still a, a, an aficionado, we'll put it that way, because as he puts it, you have to understand a machine's personality in order to win the prize mm -hmm. and to figure out whether a machine has a good personality, whether it's worth keeping up. It takes him 40 to 50 tries to figure that out per oh, machine. Wow. So he's still very much into it, but he has turned this into a lucrative career. First of all, he's got a bit of a winning streak. He's uh -huh. got 500,000 NT dollars of prizes, which you could probably exchange for, I don't know what, That's... many, many, many months of rent. Let's yeah. put it that way. Mm -hmm. uh, those, these include high value electronics and he sells them online when he's in need of money. But more important than that, uh, it's not just his winnings that are giving him, you know, a, a, a good quality of life. He is also earning 150,000 NT dollars a month. I think that's a misprint because that's a ridiculous wow. amount of money. That's a lot of money. Most uh, people, I would say, make thirty to 40000 a month. That's about We're average. 150000 a month. As a claw machine repairman, about six months ago, he met the owner of a chain of these outlets who was so impressed with his skills, he decided to take him on as a repairman. Now, he had experience as a solar panel repairman, as we'd said mm -hmm. before, so probably some tinkering experience and uh, some mechanical skills, know-how, but uh, that is an impressive salary that is very very it makes impressive. me want to go <laughs> um anyway like crash course anyway um it's a long way that he's come from the time when he was on basically begging for food almost on the streets oh, wow. and uh, now it, the game is in more than one way his livelihood and a very lucrative one at that. Very, if those numbers are to be believed. We should uh, make a disclaimer here that RTI does not endorse throwing away your life savings and, I'm, I'm on just, the hopes that it will turn your uh, yeah. 
Well, I'm just wondering how long this claw machine craze is going to go on because it went to, it was it was a craze for a while and then it went away. It's a and huge then it made a comeback. Uh, made a comeback. And it just feels like a sign of I don't know if the word is urban blight or like the fact that like shops can't stay open because it's just too expensive to do business. But they still rent to these claw machines the same amount of rent that any shopkeepers would. Well, they make pay, a lot right? more. I mean, we talked about, oh. I think, was it last year that they decided to increase the number of 10 NT coins they were going to mint because they ran out? Because oh. so many people were putting oh, wow. them in those machines? I don't know. I was that was, a, that was a good while ago now, but I think yeah. like it's not going anywhere. And I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll spare you my thoughts on <laughs> how I don't understand it. But anyway, um, it's, it is a, a, a very... I, I can see how this could be a social issue in more than one way. Uh, I'm glad that for this one young man, things worked out, though. Yeah. As John said, please claw game responsibly. <laughs> All right, we're going to be talking about travel here. And uh, who doesn't love a good bit of travel? You guys travel, John? I know you recently went to Vietnam, had a good time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shirley, where's the last place you've been? Um... Somewhere in Taiwan, I'm trying to think. Oh, Fulong, which is not too far. How about abroad? <laughs> uh, abroad was probably a couple years ago. Okay. Did you need a visa for where, wherever you went? Um, no. no. Where what? did I go? <laughs> okay, so that's what that's what I'm leading into. Taiwanese passport is apparently the 31st most powerful passport in the world, as ranked by British consulting firm Henley and Partners. And this is an annual kind of report that they do. And uh, they observe data from the Air Transport, International Air Transport Association, and they see, and this IATA, they maintain the world's largest and most accurate, data, accurate database of travel information. In 2019, Taiwan again ranks 31st because we have access to up to 145 countries um, without a visa. So we don't need a visa. We can just land. I think that includes visas on landing or on arrival, that though, doesn't too. it? Yeah, yeah, Which it is does. still a visa, but you don't have to apply in advance for it. And we dropped a little bit since 20, uh, in 2018. We dropped to two places because we were in 29 last year. I guess some, some people moved up. Uh, the index began in, tw- in 2006, and since then, uh, Taiwan has been ranked as low as 69th place in 2010, wow. and as high in 24th in 2014. That's quite a big swing. It is a huge swing, isn't it? It's, it's, it's crazy. Mm. The U.S. came in at 6th place, its worst ranking since, since 2010, and tying with that is the U.K. due to major Brexit issues. The country that rose the most overall is the United Arab Emirates at 15th, but Taiwan ranks 7th overall in the Asia-Pacific region behind Japan, Singapore, South Korea, Malaysia, Hong Kong, and Brunei. Okay. Yeah, they have. I think they've been on the... Brunei's been on the U.S. visa waiver program for a long time. I've had no idea. Japan, though, they beat us out in, uh, in East Asia and in the world because they took number one. Apparently, they have access to 190 countries. And then Singapore is number two, South Korea number three, Germany number four, and then Finland number five, and then between five and 30, that's who are ahead of Taiwan. So our neighbors are doing quite well. Um, If you had any inkling, China, on the other hand, is on 72nd, and they're behind Malawi. China only has access to 71 countries visa-free, and that's half the number of countries that Taiwanese are exempt from. Just a little update for you. If you are interested, you and know. And have a Taiwanese passport, I and guess. And have a Taiwanese passport. <laughs> uh, make good use of it. I know I will. 
right, John. I already screamed a giant snake at the beginning of this show. Uh, tell us what's going on with this big old snake. Fortunately, there's a good bit of distance here between us and this snake. It's in the southern city of Kaohsiung, so a good ways down the road, fortunately. But it was found in a city. That's what, that's what scared me. What? I'm not sure how... Kaohsiung's big, though. I'm not oh, sure right. if it was in an urban area or sort it of the outskirts somewhere. a grassy area. I mean, I saw pictures. So I'm okay. doubting whether it's in down the downtown urban core. But anyway, <gasps> it was 6.5 meters long. That's humongous. Oh, my goodness. That's fat. Weighed in about 60 kilograms. And uh, this was found Thursday. It was... Is not a native species. Oh, thank goodness. It is invasive, which will sort of somewhat put my mind at ease tonight. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. um, So it was somebody's pet? No. Well, they don't know. Um, They found it. A worker found it, actually, while uh, doing some work of some sort uh, near a lake in the city and uh, immediately alerted the fire department because in Taiwan... Uh, for reasons that I, I still don't understand, the fire department is also in charge of pest control. <laughs> so um, <laughs> uh, they they got the, they came in and had to call in backup. It ended up being a seven person job trying to capture the snake on Thursday afternoon, and um, it seems to have been a, quite a struggle, uh, according to this account from the Taiwan News. The python hissed repeatedly and lunged at the firefighters, which oh is not pleasant. Oh, my goodness. Um, they had to use a fire hook to get the snake's head held down. And then they took a hold of the snake's head with bare hands. Uh, I'm not sure how many people that particular job took, but not something I would have volunteered for. That's for sure. Whoever did that, give him a medal. My um, goodness. And that was only the beginning of the problem. Because then it occurred to them that this is a giant snake and how are they going to move it? Or... Hold it even. They didn't. Mm. They needed quite a container to hold a 60-kilogram snake. Somehow, I guess they were near some facility run by the Taiwan Water Corporation, and they were able to borrow a delivery truck and a large water barrel from them and use it to bring the snake back to their station. What did they do when they returned to their station? Took a picture with it, of course. <laughs> a la the lately trending Tetris challenge style, in yeah, which people did. lay on the ground like Tetris blocks. They did it with... They it had... Was, one female fire, fire, oh, fireman, firewoman. They did it with Tetris Challenge? Was yeah. it Was it sprawled the snake out the was full with, Yes. The head was, I don't know how they managed to secure it like this, but the head was in a bucket of some kind. Yeah, I know. Pointed away from them. I saw so that. That was kind of funny. I'm not sure how long they had to hold that pose or whether the snake was restrained at the time. I do not know. It's not apparent from the photo, but uh, not... Something, I think, is advised. Uh, They did it. Uh, It looks pretty cool. Um, I'm sure it's trending on Twitter or something. Uh, So, like I said, it's a Burmese python. That was what the firefighters had determined. And they don't really know what to do with it now. Uh, the The last line of this article reads, The python is currently being kept at the station until authorities decide what to do with the massive invasive creature. I guess they learned to make friends with... The thing that invaded them. It's I probably still there. I don't know. What I mean, does it go to a zoo? Will it like fight fires somehow? Are they gonna like? Is it gonna, that sounds like the premise of a terrible children's movie. And you've got to feed it. Wonder what they're feeding it with. Oh, oh. I bet it eats a lot too. Well, yeah. We'll update you if anything happens. If any firefighters go missing, <laughs> I hate snakes. You know, I live with my dad, and sometimes when I get home a little later, I try to be sensible. And you try to tiptoe, yeah? I try to tiptoe around his sleeping habits. 
sometimes to no avail, but surely you have a story that kind of speaks to me in this regard, does it? <laughs> yeah, well, this was uh, um, uh, a woman uh, who posted uh, on one of those, um, what do you call it, D-card, is one of those social platforms, mm. and um, she was saying how, you know, um, uh, several times she would get home really late at night and she was afraid to make noise, and so she would be tiptoeing and everything. But um, this particular night, she got home, and as she was doing, you know, going about her business and uh, avoiding making too much noise because the bathroom is like next to her parents' bedroom, she heard her father, who normally has a very good temper, mm-hmm. has always been a very good tempered man. Okay, he said something like, "Oh, go ahead and make more noise." Now, when you hear that, you think like. You know, oh, she's, he's mad, you know. But the thing was that she was going, like, oh, oh, Dad, did I wake you up? And I said, no, it's just that, um, you know, I wish that you would make more noise because um, I'll be so deep asleep that I don't know when you're actually home. And I would actually wake up in the middle of the night and ask your mom if you're home already. Oh. Yeah. You know, that was <laughs> nice and sweet. And she just literally almost broke down and cried. But... um. Yeah, she, he just cares a lot about her, and and so that's what he meant. You know, go ahead and make more noise. Wake me up, and so I know that you're home safe, you know? No, not in my case. Not in your case, right? Not in my I case. Think, I think I would get, you know, rebuked too if um, I'm getting home late and I'm making all these noise, and my parents, especially <laughs> my dad, he'll be, like, glaring at me. Well, my dad, he keeps, he'll keep checking in on the in my room what until he sees me sleeping in the bed so he like wakes up multiple times throughout the night and then he'll open the door and once he finally opens the door and if i'm awake or not this this, that whether or not i'm awake decides whether or not i get a lecture yeah i'm kind of tired and just want to you know go to bed enjoy my sleep enjoy my sleep but this was actually sweet. It was nice. It's very nice. Right? Taiwan is a very, how are you saying? We're very... Good-tempered? Very good-tempered, and we're good, we have good family values. Mm. Anyway, that's all the time we have for this edition of Here in Taiwan. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Leslie Liao. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Shirley Lin. Coming up, we have Ear to the Ground and Jukebox Republic. Do not go away.
You used to be able to hear the national anthem everywhere in Taiwan, but now it's mostly heard on days like today, National Day. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Year to the Ground, a look at what was once named the world's best national anthem. An ear to the ground. Before I introduce the national anthem, I need to clarify this is not the Taiwan national anthem, nor is it Taiwan's national day. This is the national anthem and national day of the Republic of China, or ROC, not to be confused with the People's Republic of China, or PRC. The ROC is the official name of the government in the country which is located on the island of Taiwan. The national anthem, as you can hear it now in the background, was officially adopted in 1937. The words were first delivered in a speech by Dr. Sun Yat-sen back in 1924 at the founding of a military academy in China. He would become known as the founding father of the ROC. The anthem was later chosen as the party song of the Kuomintang, or KMT, the Nationalist Party, which would rule the ROC all the way up until the turn of the century. The anthem was honored as the world's best national anthem in the 1936 Berlin Olympics, which were themselves controversial because the Nazis were in power back then. The lyrics of the anthem are in classical Chinese, so a bit hard to understand, but there is an official English translation which not only rhymes, but also was written to fit the melody. It reads as such. San Min Zhui, which means three principles of the people, Our aim shall be to found a free land, world peace be our stand. Lead on, comrades, vanguards ye are. Hold fast your aim by sun and star. Be earnest and brave, your country to save. One heart, one soul, one mind, one goal. Now, I do need to point out that there are people who object to the fact that the national anthem originated in a political party, the Kuomintang or KMT. In fact, the Chinese lyrics specifically say that the three principles of the people, namely nationalism, democracy, and social well-being, are the foundation of that party. Now, if you look at the Mandarin lyrics to the anthem, you'll see that they are in classical Chinese. And as you can hear, the music is grand and formal. In contrast, the PRC's national anthem is in colloquial Chinese, and it sounds like a rousing military march. These days, as I mentioned, you don't hear the national anthem so often in Taiwan. It used to be played on TV at the beginning and end of the day and before movies at the cinema. I arrived in 1996 in Taiwan, and I can actually remember standing a couple of times for the anthem at the theater Prior to 1991, there was actually a law that required you to stand for the national anthem, and if you didn't, you'd get a warning or even a fine of up to two U.S. dollars. Now, I want to play the ROC anthem in its entirety. I do not have a particular political opinion about it, but I do have my own memories of the way it sounds from my early years here at RTI as a young broadcaster. I began working here nearly 20 years ago in 1999, Back then, the anthem would play every day before we read the news. So I want you to join me now and imagine me with my script in hand, sitting in front of the mic, my heart rate speeding up just a little bit as the anthem begins.
the national anthem of the Republic of China. With an ear to the grounds, I'm Andrew Ryan. Hello there. You've just tuned into Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, Radio Taiwan International. Today we're going to have a fun episode. I'm going to be introducing music from Ivy Shao, who's an actress turned singer, and Pets Zhen, who is a singer turned actress. I admire both their acting talent a lot. But first off, we're going to have a song from Ivy Shao. This is Wei Yu. Little rain. You know, I think it's hard to be a good singer and a good actress, but、uh, I think Ivy is. 
You're listening to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. That was Ivy Shao with the song Weiyu, which means like little rain or drizzle. Um, it's a play on her own name because um, her Chinese name is Sao Wei. No, sorry, Sao Yu Wei. Um, so in 2008, Ivy appeared on a variety show and she became famous from that. She then debuted in 2010 with uh, the, uh, the stage name Mong Mong as the spokesperson for a video game of the same name, Mong Mong Online. And then she became part of a fixed cast on some other variety shows. Uh, between 2011 and 2015, she started her acting career, but they were all supporting roles. And then in 2016, she had a first breakthrough with a lead role in a really popular um, hit drama. Um, it was like the highest rated drama in recent years. It was like super popular. She then starred in another leading role in 2017 with uh, Wu Kangren, who's rumored uh, to be her boyfriend now. Um, he is a great actor, too. I admire him as well. And um, um, anyway, I, I, I think that's great if they can be together. <laughs> um, you know, Ivy's mom was saying that uh, she should not get married before she turns 30 because she said that, you know, um, you should try to realize your dreams, like do all the things that you want to do before you turn 30 for some reason. So that's why Ivy is trying singing. And I just realized that her singing is pretty good, just like her acting. So she did a really good job in this uh, music video uh, with uh, Wu Kangren. And um, yeah, I think she's one of those talented, gifted person who um, is good in all the things that she tries. Um, let's have a listen to two more songs before I move on to Pets Zen. And uh, this next song is Huai Nu Hai, Bad Girl. And the one after that would be How Xiang Um Really want to go with you. Tide 
可以自己决定快乐、悲伤、寂寞、感动，可以活得很精彩，快女孩。哦，反正世界已经很烂，你就去跟着琵琶，跟着白兰，跟着自传，复合着期待。重来。
Now let's talk about pets. Zen Zen Peitsi. Very interestingly, she gave herself the name pets, as in pets. You know, animals, pets, pets that you keep. Um, she's a singer turned actress, which is the opposite of uh, Ivy. Um, Pets came in sixth place at the One Million Star, which was once a very, very popular talent show back in two thousand eight, I think it was. But um, you know, all the different agents realized afterwards that she didn't intend to uh, enter the entertainment world. But then she took a year to think about it, and then she started uh, acting. And out of、um, some good opportunities, but、uh, she interspersed her singing in a couple of those drama series.、Um, she basically was just waiting for a better opportunity to release an album or whatever, and she finally did. Her debut album came out seven years later in 2014. Then she released a second one in 2017, and this year in August, she just released her third album. Let's have a listen to her、uh, singing. This first song is "Mizin," which probably best translates into、um, "sound of mystery."
Okay, now I also admire Petson's uh, acting. She's very natural. She's quite gifted. Um, and, and I'm talking about her role in the uh, TV series called The World Between Us, which uh, debuted this year in March. Um, it was a very, very popular TV drama series. It premiered um, with a total of 10 episodes, and I watched every one of them. Um, she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress at the Golden Bell Awards. So, um, you know, really, any program produced by public television, which was where The World Between Us was broadcast, and because, you know, um, public television, they produce uh, good programs, you know, appropriate for young audience even, uh, than programs of other TV stations. Basically, it was inspired by a real tragic incident in Taipei in 2016, where a girl nicknamed Little Lightbulb was beheaded on the street by a schizophrenic. So, um, so the series is about unrest in Taiwan society and, and, um, and telling us not to ignore it, but to do something about it, to face it. Um, Pets played a woman whose brother was schizophrenic, and she was someone who really wanted to help her brother, but at the same time was very apologetic to people around her and him. So that's it uh, for Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin at Radio Taiwan International. And here's another song by Pet Zen. That's kind of difficult to translate. How is this possible? How can you do that? Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.